Well, you might as well go ahead and do it if you're going to sing it. You might as well take about 30 seconds and put a praise on whatever you're believing God for right now. You might as well take about 30 seconds and lift up your hands. You might as well take about 30 seconds and lift up your voice and put a praise on it. How many of you understand that the church is a prophetic community? When we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive the spirit of the eternal. And so when we operate in the Holy Ghost, we're not just operating in the here and the now. So when I give God a praise for what he said, I'm not just giving God a praise for what he's already done, but I'm praising him for what I know that he's going to do. That's why I can praise him before the miracle ever happens. And I can dance in advance. That's why I can shout without the evidence of a miracle because I know who my God is and I know what he... So I dare you one more time to lift up your voice and don't just praise him for what he's already done, but you ought to take a moment and give God a praise for everything you're believing God to do. Come on, go ahead, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Yeah. Yeah. One more time, clap your hands all over this sanctuary. Amen. I've I've three or four people on the way to your seat. Tell them I'm ready to have church today. Amen. You excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. I want to take just a moment uh, to welcome a few people to the house of the Lord. First of all, I'd like to welcome all of our first-time guests here into the house of the Lord this morning. Rock Church, I need to borrow your hands and your voice and help me make some noise right now for all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord. We can do a little bit better than that. Come on. Uh, Help me make all of our guests welcome here this morning. Amen. We are so honored to have you here at the Rock Church. And if this is your first time here, you should have received a VIP invitation card when you walk through the doors uh, that looks a little bit. Do you all have that image? Uh, they, They normally put a picture of it on the screen. But there is a VIP invitation card. And if you are here for the very first time and you did not, there it is, it looks just like that. If you're here for the first time and you didn't receive one, if you just slip your hand up in the air, one of our staff members will bring one of those to you very quickly. The reason we give you one of these cards, first of all, is uh, you understand that VIP stands for very important person. And we want all of our guests to know that you are a very important person to us. Amen. You could have been anywhere worshiping this morning, 
and you chose to be here at the Rock Church. And so uh, immediately after the service, if you'll find the red carpet in the lobby, somebody will usher you into our VIP room. We've got some light refreshments and a small gift that we'd love to give you just as a token of our appreciation of having you here in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Would you help me clap your hands one more time for all of our first-time guests that are here today? Amen. And it is so good to have the sisters Collins back in the house of the Lord with us again this morning. Come on, give God a great praise for them. We love them very, very much. And they brought their friend, Sister Shannon, with them, who's also from Burlington, North Carolina. So honored to have Sister Shannon with us this morning. Would you give her some Rock Church love this morning? Amen. And then uh, I looked out this morning, and, and lo and behold, I saw Sister Stewart here. Not the one that you all know, but Brother Stewart's mom is with us this morning. And I want us to show her some Rock Church love. It is so good to have the elder Sister Stewart in the house of the Lord with us. Now that word elder, don't let it fool you because she don't look a day over 30. But uh, we're so honored to have her in the house of the Lord with us. And, uh, and then my heart is so uh, full this morning uh, to not welcome a guest, but I want to welcome back home Sister Delisha Henderson this morning. Sister Delisha is back home at the Rock Church. I think we ought to give God a great big praise for that this morning. Amen. Sister Delisha, we love you. And we are so excited uh, that God has brought you back home. And uh, I just have one thing to say. The best is yet to come. Amen, somebody. And then it is an honor. I just had a chance uh, to meet her myself, but she is no stranger to anybody in this church. And I also want to welcome back home to the Rock Church, Sister Cherish Davis. Come on, would you help me give God some praise for Sister Cherish this morning? And uh, both of these young ladies, uh, need to know that this church has invested so many prayers and stored up so much love for you all. And we're just grateful to have you back home this morning. And literally as I'm speaking, I have to add another name to this list of people we're welcoming home. It is so good to have Sister Teresha back home at the Rock Church this morning. Come on, would you help me show God some praise and show her some love this morning? Come on, give God some praise. He's so good to us. He's so good to us. Amen. That's all right. Somebody ought to go ahead and just give God a great praise. This is what it's supposed to look like. This is what it's supposed to sound like. This is what it's supposed to be like. 
ought to take just a few moments right here. Hey, yeah. Go ahead and give God a great praise. Yes. Yes. Teresha, this church loves you very, very much, and we are behind you 100% in everything God is doing and going to do in your lives. One more time, let's give God a great big praise. Amen. Woo! Anybody been basking in all of the great revival happening around here this week? Amen. You can be seated this morning. I mean, you can stand if you want to, too. You keep running the aisles and dance. Amen. Last Sunday, we baptized nine people in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins. I think we ought to give God a praise for nine more baptized in Jesus' name last week. Many, many, many people received the Holy Ghost. And, uh, and then last Sunday at our, uh, our church campus in Lekai, Haiti, which is not our main campus in Port-au-Prince, but it's another one of our church campuses last Sunday, uh, Wilbert was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And then Wednesday night at our campus in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, Nelta and Jack in Love were both baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost at L'Eglise Washla in Port-au-Prince. We ought to give God a praise for that. 
And then this morning, while we were jumping and shouting uh, right here in this house this morning, uh, Samuel was baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, came out of the water speaking with other tongues. Uh, oh, it's going to be a bad day uh, for the devil in this place today. Uh, somebody give God a great praise in this building. Uh, go ahead. Somebody ought to rejoice in the Yes! Yes! Whoa! My, 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 my! Amen. 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 Y'all, y'all be seated for the for the eighth time. I think we got two more times left, and after that, they ain't gonna sit back down. We got we got two more sit downs left. After that, it's just on like Donkey Kong. Amen. She was not here on Tuesday because she was out of state, and we celebrated her then, but I want to do it today. Sister Twyla walked across the stage to get her master's degree this past week. I think we ought to give God a great big praise and congratulate Sister Twyla this morning. Such an amazing accomplishment. Amen. Sister Twyla, we wish we all could have been there. Amen. But we want you to know we are excited for you and uh, all that God is doing in your life. Somebody shout Mother's Day. Media team, do you all have that handy? This upcoming Sunday is Mother's Day. And this upcoming Sunday for Mother's Day, we've got a guest speaker. Our very own first lady is going to be bringing the word in this house on Sunday. Come on, y'all ain't ready. <laughs> Woo! She a bad mama jamma. That that's Hebrew for uh, amazing apostolic woman. Just in case y'all were wondering, I give you the interpretation of that word. But um, we're excited. God has given her a word for this house, and uh, we know that it's going to be amazing. Grab every woman in your life that means something to you and get them here on Sunday. Grab your cousins, your auntie, mama Nim, uh, even Aunt Bootsy that you don't like. Go get her. Bring her into the house of the Lord next Sunday. It's going to be amazing. We're going to have just one service next Sunday. We want to give everybody an opportunity uh, to leverage a little bit of extra time with your mothers next Sunday. And uh, we've got a special gift and treat for uh, all of the mothers who are going to be here with us on Sunday. Amen. And uh, it is such a privilege. Why, as, why don't we stand all over this house as we prepare for the entrance of the Word of God into this place. Uh, we have been enjoying for many, many weeks now uh, the powerful ministry of the great evangelist Greg Godwin, who is back in the building with us this morning. How many of you have been enriched and your lives changed? Brother Godwin, we're so grateful for the ministry. Uh, pause. I just thought about this. My ADHD just kicked in. Sorry. But it is so good to have the Guzman family with us. I know they're here somewhere visiting. There they are. All the way from Memphis, Tennessee. Tabernáculo de Vida. El Pastor May. Let's give them a great big welcome this morning. 
So good to have them in the house of the Lord. Amen. Back to our regular schedule program. Amen. <laughs> That's a hard transition. Brother Godwin, we're so grateful for you. And uh, we know that you have invested now a great level of your anointing into this house. And uh, we're excited about what God is doing. We know that God has prepared you with a word for this place. And we want you to know that we've prepared ourselves to receive it. And we're ready to obey whatever the Holy Ghost wants us to do this morning. Amen. One more time, would you put your hands together give God a great big praise as our evangelist comes to deliver the word of the Lord this morning. Come on, come on. Somebody give God one more glory. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Great to be in his house. If you got your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Romans, chapter number five. Romans chapter number five. Great worship, great praise, great prayer, and the house is just about full on this bottom floor. Amen. It just keeps getting greater and greater, and I hope you're grasping my hold of what God is doing in these end times and especially he's doing it to the churches that are prepared as this one is pouring the Holy Ghost out no matter who's here who's not here amen the Holy Ghost is falling Joel prophesied and said in the last days that God said I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh amen and so it's happening now now whether you receive it or not that's up to you. Look at somebody and say, will you receive what God is pouring out? Tell him he's pouring out his spirit. Amen. And that's what you're feeling, the goosebumps, the high, the happy, the joy. That's the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God. Amen. We want you to know it's here. God's doing one more great work of pouring out his spirit. It's the latter rain and former rain together. Amen. The latter rain, the former rain was the day of Pentecost. Poured out 50 days after the crucifixion of Jesus. He told them, I'm coming back. He poured out his spirit upon 120. Some people said, well, just the 12 disciples got the Holy Ghost. That was wrong immediately. Because the 12 disciples and another group equaling 120 people got the first outpouring of the Spirit of God. And before that day was finished, almost 3,000 more received the Holy Ghost. Look at somebody say over 3,000 on the first day of the Pentecost. That was what everything in the Bible was leading to. When God would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, they would be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins. Amen. So if you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to join this great host. It is Amen. Be baptized. Baptized means to immerse, put under the water. You're buried with Christ in baptism. Amen. And that is you saying, I'm putting this old man or old woman down. I'm going to bury my old nature. And then you come up out of the water. And if you've received the Holy Ghost, you are then born again. If you have not received the Holy Ghost, you receive the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, you will be born again of the water and spirit. Everybody ask somebody next to you, have you been born again? Look at somebody if you have and say, yes, I have. Amen. I see my three men over here on the side. I just saw you. Amen. And my 
blood right now. Hallelujah. Pastor, they've been coming to church since I've been gone a couple weeks. they still been here? All right, I'm just checking on you. Hallelujah. Amen. Glad they're here. So anyway, that's what's happening. God's pouring the Holy Ghost out upon all flesh. And this church is in the process of experiencing the greatest outpouring that you have ever seen. And then look at somebody and tell them, and then the rapture will take place. Jesus is coming back. Amen. And I want to be ready. Amen. Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 down through verse 11. It's a lot of verses of scripture, but I'll try to cut some off the end of the preaching. Amen. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not so only, not only so, but we glory. Everybody say glory in tribulations. Also knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Touch somebody say, that was me. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. That wrath, that word is orge, violent passion, abhorrence, vehement anger. That's the wrath of God. That's what's going to happen after the rapture. When the church is taken out, all hell is going to break loose. Amen. God's going to unleash his wrath. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Everybody say amen. I want to preach, after all you've been through, it's got to happen. Come on, look at somebody say, after all I've been through, it's got to happen. Come on, tell somebody after all I've been through. Come on, I see tears coming on people's face right now. Tell them after all you've been through, it's got to happen. God is going to bless you. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. Lord bless you and you may be seated. The first four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are different in that they give us a historical and geographical presentation of Jesus Christ, proving his earthly existence. He did not go more than 100 miles from the place of his birth. That's Bethlehem. The, uh, this establishes and endows us with the humanity of Jesus, the first four Gospels. We see then in the first four Gospels the uniqueness of the Christ event. His birth, his life, his ministry, his passion, his death, burial, and resurrection. 
But in the Gospels, we do not find the doctrinal impact, but only the what, but not the why. The theological impact of Romans is we find justification, propitiation, reconciliation, sanctification, and adoption. Amen. So how does that work with us? Again, Romans is written to the church. Everybody say the book of Romans is written to people that have already been saved. Is to the church that is at Rome. Corinthians is written to the church that is at Corinth. From Romans forward in the New Testament, amen, you find these epistles or letters that are written from the apostle to the church. Everybody say that saved people. Amen. The Gospels gives us the biographical uh, details of the birth and life of Jesus. The book of Acts gives us the fulfillment of the promises of God from the book of Acts about new birth. We see in Acts 2 and 1 through 4 and then Acts 37, 38, 39, we read of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost upon the people of God that are there the disciples and the 120 and then the 3,000. Acts chapter 10, we again see the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, verse 44 through 48. Acts chapter 8 and 16, we see them baptized again in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 19, we see people that were already religious. They were disciples of John the Baptist and they came upon them and they asked them, under what were you baptized? They said, under John's baptism. And then they taught them, well, have you not heard, amen, of the baptism of the name of Jesus? And that's, I'm paraphrasing what they said. And they said, no. And he said, well, you should be buried again. You should be born again of the water and spirit. When they heard it, they were baptized again in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody said they did it again. Tell somebody they did it again. They were baptized one way in the baptism of John's baptism unto repentance but now that Jesus had come, died and resurrected and then was glorified, poured out his spirit upon all flesh, he comes upon a group of people that had never heard of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They didn't know anything about it. They began to explain it to them and they received understanding and received the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with tongues and were baptized again. Everybody say again. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So Paul is talking to people that have already been born again, people that have already been saved. And so we can find that. Romans chapter one, Paul focuses on mankind and says, because you would not glorify God and were ungrateful to God, you are now turned to reprobacy, allowed to have it the way you keep thinking, which is against God's thoughts. Man was going so bad. And so Paul's giving an overview of what's happened to them. You just kept going, resisting God, resisting God until finally he backed off, lifted his hands off of you and let man go. Amen. Ultimately, some went to the place of reprobacy. They refused to acknowledge God. They refused to love God. When you take God out of your mind and your thinking, Amen. You become unnatural. Look at somebody and say, I become unnatural when I refuse to even think about God. Chapter two, he goes on and says to the Jews, because you were born in truth, you had the law, the Pentateuch and the Torah, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. You had all the religious trappings, Israel, but you still don't know God. 
chapter three, he winds it up and says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Before man can be brought to justification, he must first feel or come to the place of condemnation or conviction. We only come to Jesus when we discover that I or we can't do this by ourselves. Our utter depravity of man and self, amen, comes to the place where we begin to say, I've got to have God. So it's not important how much money you've got, how much influence you've got in this world. You have to come to the point where you personally say, I've got to have God. I got money, but I need God. I got a Jaguar or Rolls Royce, but I need God. I got a Volkswagen or a pickup truck, but I need God. I got a thousand square foot home, or you got a 15,000 square foot home, but you come to the place where you say, I've got to have God because the car and the truck and the house and the apartment is not enough to satisfy. Chapter four and verse five of Romans Paul goes into justification. Here Paul proves that man no more uh, that man no more justify himself than Abraham can beget a child at a hundred years of age with a wife who is 90 years old. You can't justify yourself. You can't help yourself. You can't fix yourself. You can't drink enough booze to help yourself. You can't drink enough Jack Daniels to help yourself. You can't drink enough Chevis Regal to help you. I'm not in my nose now, but look at somebody and say, say amen. Amen, that just gives you a moment of relief. Amen, but when it's over, you're deeper in sin and you're worse in your emotions. Amen, you're cracking down more. Tell somebody the best the world can offer me will leave me worse than when I started. So he says Abraham was 80, his wife was 90. He points out the utter impossibility of self-justification. Justification by faith is a position that we are placed because we have been born again. Tell somebody I'm justified because I've been born again. Again, I went through it quickly. I'm gonna go through it again. John 3 and 3 through verse 5. Jesus said, you must be born again to a religious elder named Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you must be born again. He said, what do you mean born again? How can I enter mother's room when I'm, when I'm old? He said, no, 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 no. That whatever's born of the flesh is flesh. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit or you cannot enter into the kingdom. Tell somebody, I must be born again. Say, Jesus said, I must be born again. I wish I had everybody helping me now. I've come to tell you the good news. The good news is, it don't matter how lost you are, how bound you are, you can be born again and the fetters of sin and the chains of immorality will be severed and broken immediately. Oh, Jesus. So it is here that Paul proves the utter hopelessness of man is and was forever reversed with and by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Tell somebody, Jesus rose from the dead. Amen, we're now a few days into it, in time and schedule 
a few days beyond the outpouring or the resurrection of Jesus. In time when Jesus was here in a resurrected body, he's now appearing to the disciples. He's appearing to people that believed in him. That's the time period we're in right now. Amen. Jesus was alive and he was speaking to people. He was in a resurrected body. He was appearing to the believers. Amen. But there was coming a moment. It was just 40 days away. Amen. He was going to be glorified at the Mount of Transfiguration. And then his spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. Come on. Tell somebody we're here at the right time. We're waiting on the Holy Ghost. Now, the difference in between now and then is they had to wait literally the next 40 days for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Now, you don't have to wait anymore because that's all happened. The Holy Ghost has been being poured out since the day of Pentecost. It is here Paul proves this utter hopelessness has been reversed. He proves the hopelessness has no control because God has raised Jesus from the dead. He can now raise me from any situation or circumstance that you're in. Now, if you're here tonight, and I'm going to cut a whole bunch of this out, and I'm going to close in just a moment. I want you to understand it doesn't matter how hopeless you feel, how worthless you feel, how wicked you feel. It can be reversed in just a moment. Amen. All you got to do is begin to say, God, forgive me of my sins. He instantly forgives you. Then turn that prayer into praise. Begin to tell him, I love you, Jesus. I want more of you, Jesus. Come on. Is there anybody in here that wants more of Jesus? You've got to begin to worship him like you want more. It don't matter what anybody thinks. Tell somebody, I've come for more of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Tell somebody it's mine. Tell somebody I'm going to get what's mine. So therefore, there's no circumstance or situation that we're in that can restrain, restrict, resist, or repulse the resurrecting power that is in us by the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Do you understand? When you get the Holy Ghost, which is the spirit of God, it is the exact same spirit It's not another spirit. It's not a foreign spirit. It's not a spirit that's never been involved in the work of God. It is the same spirit. Tell somebody the Holy Ghost that I got. It raised Jesus from the dead. And it's raised me out of the dead. The deadness in my sins. I wish I had somebody that was happy about that. Come on, tell your neighbor and say, I got the same Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead. What do you mean you can't change? You can change. What do you mean you can't quit sinning? You can quit sinning. All you need is the resurrection power of God, which is his spirit. Tell somebody, I just need the Holy Ghost. Amen, you may be seated. Your future is predicated then upon the resurrection of Jesus. It's not mystical, but it is a fact. He brought Jesus out, then he can and will bring you out. Tell somebody he will bring me out. Tell somebody I've loved Jesus for many years. I'm reaching for some folks. You're here and you love Jesus. Hey, man, and you've worshiped Jesus for many years, but you're hearing some truth you haven't heard. You're feeling the Holy Ghost, and maybe you've never felt it like this. I've come to tell you God has been leading you. 
guiding you through all of the trouble and the perils of life. He just keeps pulling on you, leading you. And you are now in this house. And God's messing up my sermon. And I'm preaching what he wants me to preach. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Tell somebody I must be born again. So the resurrection revelation not only assists in my new birth, being raised to walk in the newness of life, but now it is the single most motivating factor to my faith and hope in a world that's full of decadence and decay. Now we can stand in circumstances that are debilitating, destructive, knowing that because God raised Jesus from the dead, I'm expecting help at any moment. Is there anybody in this house that you came today and you're not afraid to say, I came looking for help? Come on, you got a nice car, but you came needing help. You got a good retirement check, but you came needing help. Come on, somebody, you got a good job, but you came needing help. I've come to tell you, God can do it again. He's done it for you, and he's done it for your neighbor, and he can do it for your other neighbor. He can bring you out. He can bring your family out. He can bring your finances out of failure. He can bring a backslider back. He can bring our community out by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. So tonight I don't walk away hopeless, but I walk away with expectation. Any day now, God is going to change my situation and my circumstance. You can be seated if you want to. The German scholar Kierkegaard said if anybody should have stayed dead, it should have been Jesus because he died the death of the whole world and for all men. That's 7.4 billion people on the planet right now. That's approximately 13.5 billion people, it is estimated, have lived on this planet. When Jesus Christ died, He took upon himself the sin of the whole world. Tell somebody he died for my sin. That's it, Bubba, run. Tell somebody I've been in church a while, but I want to give God praise. Come on, saints, you ain't that holy. You ain't that holy that you can sit there when we talk about being brought out. There ought to be something in you quick to give God praise that said if it had not been for the Lord that was on my side. I remember the service. Woo! I remember the service. I was 14 years old sitting in the two sections of the church in the second position. Kendall Hadlock sat in the first pew, first end of the pew. I sat in the next pot. David Jones sat there next. I remember my pastor taking the pulpit and began to preach on that Sunday night. It was just old conviction. Sin's a problem and Jesus is the answer. You must be born again. He would stand right there, had a mic here and two mics there, and he'd just talk and talk, and when it got real anointed, he'd lean over his mic and make a big point. That was it, that was it, that was his that was his expression of anointing. Never walked away from the pulpit. He talked like this. Amen. But man, I was sitting on that pew and I had my hands gripping on it. I was squeezing it. Oh my God. 
I had heard it. I'd been raised around it. I knew I wasn't born again. I wasn't that bad. I mean, I could cuss, Lord. I'm, it was pathetic. Now, I know, just say amen. You did too. Don't act all. Now, you holy people are about to get me on you now. Look at somebody say, just fake it and say amen. <laughs> amen. I mean, I could cuss. I make up cuss words, man. Just, just blow out. Play ball, miss a ground ball, and I'd and I'd make a double play, and I'd holler at that batter, and I got him, threw him out at first base. After I touched second base, I threw him out. That's it. I could, I could make up words, man. I was a, that was the extent of it, you know. Other than the normal stuff you have when you're growing up, and I remember that night sitting on that pew. I was just rocking. Oh God. Jesus name and the preacher pastor was preaching preaching if you don't get the Holy Ghost and Jesus comes you're going to go to hell you're going to be lost forever and it's oh God but you don't have to be lost God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight and I was just oh Jesus and, I, and then, he, then he said I'm sorry I've been preaching a little hard and I was like no don't say oh God no I mean I felt the word of the spirit had become a sword and boom was in my heart and I was, I was thinking pastor please don't pull it out I, I hadn't, I felt conviction, but never like this. It was deep in me. Oh, I said, oh God, help me. Jesus, don't apologize. I closed my eyes. It was just, oh. And he said, let's all stand. And Oregon began to pray. And I got up and I just, man, I went right straight to the altar. Just, boom, right over to the right-hand side. Patty was playing the organ, had the Leslie up there. I sat big speaker with the organ. And I was down on the floor, man, I was praying. And we just, we didn't have a big old fancy thing like this. It was just two levels. I was down on the floor. And, oh, God, had my face down the red shag carpet. We from Oklahoma and look at somebody say boomer sooner. Hallelujah. Sorry, it just popped in my head. I'm sorry. And it was just red carpet. It was beautiful, but I was snotting and slobbering and mucus and just crying and face all in it. I didn't care. Because I was I was sinner. I was against God. I was my whole life was in opposition to the cross and the word got me oh god and I remember by the Leslie so I could scream and Leslie organ was playing real loud so I oh god forgive me Jesus and I couldn't hardly hear myself but the organ was playing so loud and I was screaming forgive me god and I kept praying I remember the feeling Bishop Williams when I felt the forgiveness it, it was it was it was the most beautiful thing I'd felt I fell over in the floor in the in the, in the altar and just was weeping and crying. Oh, God. Oh, God, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you. Finally got up and they said, Greg, you didn't get the Holy Ghost. No, but, but I, I believe he forgave me. Man, I, I feel so, I just feel so much different. I feel, I feel, I don't feel good, but I feel way better than I used to. And I was, I mean, I didn't know enough about the doctrine to know how to explain it, but it was like boom, shaka, laka, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to tell you, man. It was... It was beautiful. Tell somebody when I repent. I'm telling God I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. Tell somebody I've had to do that. Come on. And some of you saved people have had to do it since you've been saved. Tell somebody I've had to do that. You've had to do it. You've had to do it for backbiting and tail bearing. And because somebody say amen will keep him out of your business now. Amen will keep him out. Amen. I mean tell somebody I've had to repent some more. 
I've had to repent. I've had to repent. Amen. And it's wonderful to know you can come to God and repent. And he is faithful and just to forgive. Tell somebody, God is faithful and he's just to forgive. It don't matter what happened. It don't matter how long you've been gone. It don't matter how long you've been lost. If you repent, God is faithful and just to forgive. I remember when I got the Holy Ghost, man. Camp meeting, I told it here, I'm gonna tell it again. <clears throat> it was June 27th, 1978. It was the exact day. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was camp meeting. 3,000 people in that building, four sections wide of pews. I mean, it was, it was longer than this church is wide. Four sections of slapboard pews and sawdust. That was the floor, sawdust. Y'all know what sawdust is? Y'all two cities. That's, that's what they put in the, well, you know, it's the dust from when you cut the wood, but they put the sawdust out there like they when they got the horses and the cows and all that. So anyways, look at somebody and say, I understand. And I was sitting outside the tabernacle up by the altar. About, about from here where my man's standing, I was sitting on the hood of a car. About 200 people outside the building this side, 3,000 in the building, another 350, 400 on the other side outside. People sitting inside the building in the altar area and folding chairs, lawn chairs. That preacher got to preaching. And he was preaching. He was up at the pulpit. And he had preached in about 25 minutes. And he turned and looked over here to this side. And just out the short side of the building, he started pointing. And he started pointing right out that door from that pulpit like right outside here. It felt like the whole place emptied and I was the only one there. Tell somebody, that's conviction. He didn't know me from a, a tick on a dog's back. But he was, he was I mean, he just pointed right at me. I was like, oh my God. Oh, oh, Jesus. And shortly after that, he quit pre-giving all the car. I got up off the car, walked through the wall of chairs, stepped inside the building about two feet and stood there and prayed a little bit. Got done, left, came back next night. I said, no, I ain't going to sit there tonight. I'm not going to, because he'd be looking for me. So I didn't sit with none of my friends. I sat by myself and went into the far left-hand section from the pulpit all the way to the back of the church. I was sitting on the back row, way back. The place was packed. He got to preaching. Got about 15 minutes into it, and he got to preaching, leaned out over the pulpit and started pointing right back in the back. And, I'm, and I don't know, he, he didn't know me from nobody, but he did it, I'm telling you again, pointing at me like, oh my God. I didn't flinch, didn't move, I didn't want him to catch attention, I didn't want him to say, I'm talking to you. The guy just jumped, I just like. He got done, I came down out of the back of the section, came to the front of that back section of the pew, and stood there and prayed and left church. Came back next time, I said, I ain't sitting there. I went over to the third section, and sat on the front row of the back section. He got to preaching, he got to preaching. He locked in about 10 minutes before the end of the message. He got to pointing. He started pointing right back at me. And I'm like, what in the world? Jesus, man, what? So I got off that front section, back section, front row of the back section, and moved up to the back row of the front section and started. A few minutes left. Came back the next night. Moved into the middle section of the row next to me. Amongst the people, I was closer, but I was still there. Came back down, and he got the preaching point. I'm like, oh my God, what in the world? There's 4,500 people here. What in the, how's he pointing? 
point me out of my game. Next night, I had my basketball uniform in my suitcase and had a game in the summer league for the high school at Mustang High School where the campground. So I had my basketball uniform, my shoes up under there. I could jump 31 inches off the ground. Yes, I could jump. Boom, hang. I was a black man trapped in a white body. That's what I was. That's it. I don't even like country music. I like groove in my stuff. That's what I'm talking about. So I, said, I don't believe him. You believe me now, don't you? <laughs> that groove in your music, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Amen. Anyway, so I thought, well, they can make it without me. Summer League's no problem, so I'm going to come. I'm going to go to church. But I'll go to the outside on the left-hand side of the church to the right side from the pulpit. Outside behind all them folding chairs, 300, 350 chairs out there because it was the shady side. I sit out on the very back row of them and it started going downhill because you had to go downhill to go to the concession stand. So I was close. So when I'd stand, you might could see that much top of my head from down. When I sat down, you couldn't see me for nothing. I mean, I could look through the shoulder and get a shot to the pulpit. That preacher went to preaching bishop. I'll be dipped in pickle juice if he didn't start preaching and turn and get right over to the organ to the Leslie, leaning over it and pointing right outside. I'm talking, was pointing right outside those doors. Garage door, garage door, garage door. He was pointing right out the garage door and was pointing. Bam! He about 15 minutes into his sermon when he did it. I just said, I can't take it no more. And I broke and started running through all those folding chairs. Jumped over a couple. Got, got up to the front. All the old preachers were up in here. Brother Deal jerked his chair out of the way. I ran to the altar crying. All I remember was worshiping and begging God for the Holy Ghost. God, forgive me. I repent. Tears are running. People were saying to me, hold on, brother, hold on. Another one said, turn loose, turn loose. Someone was saying, praise him with a loud voice. Someone was saying, just talk to him. I didn't know what was going on. Hey, jump, don't jump. I mean, all the stuff telling you how to get the Holy Ghost. Tell somebody, help somebody get the Holy Ghost. I finally sat down after about 15 minutes, frustrated on the altar, and the pastor from the church in Norman. He was a good man. He's a, and he said to me, now when I'm teaching leaders, pastors and preachers, altar service, this is what I tell them not to do. I've been praying in the dead middle of summer in Oklahoma. It's 101 degrees. I'm soaking wet just by being there, let alone praying and being worshiping. And now I am just dripping wet. And he said to me, my brother, don't you believe God's gonna feed the Holy Ghost? Everything in me, my mind was, I had phrases running through it. Well, you stupid, ignorant. I mean, all kind of stuff running through me. I didn't say it. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, what kind of stupid question is that, don't you believe? Well, I'm up here crying and hollering and stretching and reaching and you're screaming at me. Who's going to tell me to do this? Who's going to tell me to help me? I don't know what's going on. I said, yes, sir, I believe. He said, if you really believe, if you believe you stand up again, God will feed you the Holy Ghost. I said, well, what do you mean stand up? I mean, if you stand up and lift your hands and open your mouth and start to say something, God's going to have you speaking in other tongues. I said, yes, sir, I believe. He said, stand up. I stood up, and in my mind, I was saying, I love you, Jesus. He told me, say, I love you, Jesus. Scream it out as much as fast as you can. I jumped up. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I could, I was coming through my mind, but what was coming back in my ear wasn't I love you, Jesus. It was, I was talking in other tongues. It took about two minutes for me to realize what was happening. 
I'm thinking something, but what I'm saying is not what I'm thinking. Oh my goodness, I'm talking in tongues. Can I tell you that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you will be talking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. I remember that. I remember that like it was yesterday. And I've told it two or three times here. Hell, somebody say he's sorry, but he had to tell it again. Now I'm going to close. I'm going to stop. The resurrection gives you expectation that there is hope for the impossible to become possible. Stand with me. I'm going to stop. Is that all right, Bishop? I'm sorry for going longer than I should have been. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, you're here and you've never had the Holy Ghost. You've never had the chance to repent. Or maybe you've repented before, but you need to do it again. I want you to know in the next five minutes... You can come out of your seat to this altar with your hands raised. Close your eyes and just begin to say, Jesus, I need you to forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. I repent, Lord. American Army and the marching bands, whenever we were doing about face, we're marching with. About face. We used to do that in a band in high school. Now learn the Australian Armed Forces, when they want them to turn around, they don't say about face, they say, repent. And they turn. That's what repentance is. Repentance is you're saying, the direction I've been going has not been right. I'm changing today. I am going to repent. I'm going to start walking another way. Grab somebody's hand next to you. If you're here and you've repented, but you've never been baptized in the water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, the blotting out, the removal of your sins. You may have confessed your sins, you may have repented your sins, but if you've never been water baptized in Jesus' name, there has been no remission. Remission means blotting out, the removal. can be water baptized just like the gentleman was today and then if you have been baptized or if you haven't been baptized if you repent you can begin to lift your hands and begin to just tell him I love you Jesus I worship you Lord I want to come in my life God please come in and in a moment or two you'll begin to speak in other tongues your mouth will be moving your tongue will be going your lips will be moving but don't worry about the English words you're saying. Begin to focus on God. And you will begin to speak in other tongues as His Spirit gives you the ability to speak. This is what happened the day of Pentecost. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now take somebody by the hand and lift it to the air. You're a backslider and you're just back at church if you've been back out away from church or if it's your first time here or if you've been here you've been coming the last few months maybe you've already repented 
I want you to come to this altar. Just come in here as close as you can. Bring your husband, your wife, your friend with you. Come on, tell them. Say, I'm going to get some more of God. Come on. Bring somebody down here to the altar with you. Tell them, I need some more of God. Come on, just come. Come on, guests. Come with us. Come on, come on. Come all the way down. Come, come on around, down as close as you can. Church is full. Altars are full. Come as close as you can. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Squeeze that hand you're holding in Jesus' name. Oh, Jesus. Come on now. Now we're going to repent. I want everybody to lift your neighbor's hands and I want everybody to pray. I want you to begin to pray a prayer of repentance. Ask God to forgive you of your sins. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands. In the name of Jesus, God, forgive us. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. What I've done, what I haven't done that is opposing your word. What I knew or didn't know, God, it was against your word. Please forgive me, God. I want to walk in the direction of you and your kingdom. I want you to fill me with your spirit. Forgive me, Jesus. Come on, tell him, forgive me. Tell him, forgive me. That's it. Tell him, forgive me. Come on, forgive me. Come on, tell him, forgive me, Jesus. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want you in my life. I don't just want you around me. I want you to come in me. And to do that, I ask you to forgive me, Jesus, of all my sins, everything that I've ever done wrong. Forgive me, Jesus. Come on, ask him, forgive me. Come on, ask him, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. Now as they begin to sing, would you lift your hands high? Lift your head up with your eyes closed and begin to say, God, I want you to fill me with your spirit. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Come on, ministers. Let's pray with people in the altar. Their tears flowing down the faces. Come on. Pray with them in Jesus' name. They will be forgiven. They will be filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on, that's it, love him. Lift your hands and love him. Tell him I love you, Jesus. I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins. Would you forgive me, Jesus? Come on, that's it, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. He will as you ask him, he'll do it, he'll do it. Ask him, forgive me. Ask him, forgive me, Jesus. Come on, ask him, forgive me, Jesus. Fill me with your spirit, Lord. I want my body to be your house. I want you to live in me. Come on, that's him. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Come on, in the name of Jesus, lift your hands. In the name of Jesus, touch her, Lord. Touch her, Lord. In the name of Jesus.
forgive me, Jesus. Lift your hands and say, forgive me. Forgive me, Jesus. That's it, baby. Over That's it. Open your mouth. Let the Holy Ghost speak. Let it fill you with the Holy Ghost. It's better than drugs. It's better than alcohol. It's better than the greatest party you've ever been in. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit of God living in you. That's it. Receive the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, come on, bless him. Receive the Holy Ghost. After all you've been through, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. Come on, praise him. Come on, we got one, wants to be baptized. 